All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving, blue line, chance, stop! Face off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 47 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me in Brantford, not with us live anymore, is Dylan D. Bertheum. How's it going, D? Good, man. You almost made it seem like I died for a second there. No, no, you're still alive. Beebs yep. might be dead for all we know. Beebs <laughs> is not here. Um, obviously, his New Year's resolution was not to make sure he doesn't miss a podcast because it didn't uh, take him long. I know mine was. There you go. <laughs> mine was too, but uh, I've never missed one yet, so I guess it's not or really it just changing kind of just much. Doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's usually like it's it just gets pushed back a couple days if I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I, I can literally just do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not gonna edit it, right? So. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's why Beeps isn't here. But uh, how was your New Year's break and Christmas break there, D? Uh, it's pretty good. You know, got to be home with family and other friends and got to see the boys, do a couple podcasts with them. That's you. Yeah. So uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, when did you go back to Brantford? What was that? When did you Cut get out. back to Brantford? Um, I got back. The second, because we started classes on the third. Jesus, they didn't waste any time, eh? They were just like, no, I was pretty pissed about it. Just got right back into it. But I, I had almost a month off, so I guess I can't complain. No, not really, eh? That's great. Well, uh, yeah, so Biebs isn't here. Um, happy New Year's to all of our listeners. Uh, congratulations to all of our American listeners on winning a shootout. Good luck, good job. That was awesome. Shootout. That game, like, that was so, that was almost criminal for that game to end in a shootout, because it was just yeah. such a good game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was pretty hype, though, the whole shootout and everything, right? Like, everyone yeah. likes to make a big deal about blah, 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 blah. But these kids are playing, like, what, their seventh game in 11 10 days. Nights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, you, obviously you can't have these kids play all night. The fact that there was no goal in the overtime period is pretty ridiculous, actually. It was crazy that, like, Thomas Shabbat played, like, 41 minutes or something. Like, that's just crazy. Chabuya! I love that guy. Yeah, was... oh, man, what a stud he's going to be. Eh? Senator's yeah. got a gem there. Yep, get to cheer for him one last time before. You hate him. He just ruins the division for the next 15 years. <laughs> him and Carlson together down the line is going to be gross. Oof. Oof. How about that, before we get into fantasy hockey too, how about that Jordan Greenway kid for the U.S.? Like, what a steal it looks like he's going to be for the Wild. The kid's just a monster. Yep. Yeah, how about Jeremy Brackle? Are we going to talk about him? No, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, it's uh, a new year. Same old podcast, same old D and Brock, but uh, we've got it's a couple... actually not the same old podcast, but it's not. What do you mean? I mean, Beavs isn't here. Well, it's still kind of the same podcast. Same Moving Beavs. forward, it will be the same, right? But we do have some new right. patrons we would like to recognize. Oh. Um, I apologize in advance if I butcher any of your guys' names. Um, oh. <laughs> I already, I think I practiced this guy's name for five minutes, and I already uh, forget how to say it. But uh, first patron I'd like to thank is Stephen. Oh, I, I, how do you say it, D? I can't do it. We, I think we decided on Protasiewicz. Protasiewicz. Stephen Protasiewicz. I hope that's but right. But I bet that it's it's a W, but I bet it's actually Protasiewicz. It looks, it looks pretty Polish to me. <laughs> Either way. Uh, that's the closest you. we're going to get, though. Thank you very much, Stephen, for becoming a patron. Uh, we'd also like Appreciate to thank it, buddy. Patty Jorash and Jalen Long. Uh, a couple new patrons supporting your favorite podcast. Uh, lots of exciting things coming your way in 2017 uh, for all of our patrons um if you have become a patron already and you are not a part of our patreon facebook group please reach out to us on twitter and we will send you the link to that private facebook group where you can talk to us whenever you want about whatever you want um preferably preferably hockey hockey. (laughs) (laughs) we're we're not very good at life advice but fantasy hockey advice we can uh we can hold that i'm just not that good at life so i'm not sure i'm the one to be giving advice on (laughs) you know yeah well hey we all we've all got our strengths i suppose um but so what we're going to do on today's show uh before we get right into it um we're going to start off with at the uh the start of every new year everybody likes to lay down their own um new year's resolutions most of us uh, rarely stick to them whether it's working out or eating healthy or whatever the case may be um so we're going to lay out a couple of fantasy hockey new year's resolutions um basically everyone's gonna have the same resolution it's gonna be simply play better uh so before uh, we we jumped on this podcast here i reached out on twitter uh at daily faceoff or at dfo podcast is where you can follow us um and i asked everybody who has been your biggest fantasy hockey disappointment this year um yeah. a ton of answers came in um obviously we can't talk about every single disappointment because there has been a lot but we narrowed it down you know, to i think 11 or 12 players who yeah. uh, people have named as big disappointments for them. So what we're going to do basically is um, kind of lay out how, how they've done so far and what D and I expect from them um, as we turn the calendar into 2017. Um, you know what we should do real quick too? What should we do? We should give our own biggest disappointments this year. Like on our know, respective just... teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or okay. And like, cause it's, I mean, it's guys we've probably championed a bit on the podcast too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'll go first. Um, Logan Couture for me. I took him in both my leagues. I think I kept him in one. Uh, hoping we'd see more of that 67-point guy that we saw a few seasons ago uh, and not the 36 and 52 we saw last year. But, you know, he's been off to a pretty slow start, only 25 points in 39 games. Um, as I'm looking at it right now, his shots are kind of down, which isn't the best. His shooting percentage is fine. He's actually scoring at a fine clip. Um, but the assists aren't really there and yeah, I don't really know the cause of it. I've been trying to look at his underlying numbers the last, uh, few weeks. Like all his shots have gone down like almost every year, um, since his breakout season. But, uh, I don't know, man, there's a lot of talent on San Jose and just not that much ice time to go around. I think is probably a big part of it. Uh, doesn't normally see that first line with Pavelski and Thornton. But uh, other than that, he's been kind of disappointing, you know. But I, I, I do think like his name's always carried a little bit more weight than his play. He's been one of those guys, but he's always had a solid shot production and uh, had higher hopes this year than he's he's given me. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought him up there. Um, that wasn't even scripted uh, because he I know, was, was some, a lot of people actually uh, wrote in that they're pretty disappointed with Logan Couture. It's not so much that he hasn't been 
Like, he hasn't been terrible, uh, but, yeah, really not quite the production uh, you'd expect. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, it was if we would have recorded this, say, two weeks ago, it would have been in a definite, for me, would have been Philip Forsberg. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely a guy I've, I've touted quite a bit over um, the last four or five months. Uh, right. like, I think I actually went back and listened to our um, fantasy draft episode today, and I, I straight up said, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I have him ranked higher than pretty much any other uh, website like Daily Faceoff or whatever. Right. Uh, he and, was one of your top, uh, yeah, was top it, right? 20 or too? something. Yeah. And he's one of yeah, my big breakout guys. But uh, as of, as of um, a few weeks ago, he only had three goals in his first 38, or sorry, his first 30 games. But in his last eight games, he's actually managed to score six times. So he's now up to a reasonable nine goals and 15 assists, uh, 24 points in 38 games. Obviously not uh, great production, but it's nice to see him kind of maybe turn in a corner here and hopefully. Um, that leads to you know better things in the 2017 calendar year. I think another guy we can both agree on is Aaron Ekblad. Uh, it's a guy we talked a lot yeah. about. Tons of breakout potential. It's crazy. Yeah. Like you know, the underlying Actually, numbers are still there. Bad. The shot production is 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 elite right now. So it, yeah, it, it shouldn't go like this forever. Um, it's, it's it's a guy that you could probably buy low on right now. Um, but that's another yeah. guy that we really touted heavily. Uh, at the start of the year, that's been a bit of a disappointment. Only 11 points in 39 games, a minus 16 yeah. rating, which obviously uh, not a huge knock on Ekblad himself, more so a knock on the Panthers. But uh, in, fan- in you know standard leagues where plus minus matters, you definitely weren't banking on a minus 16 from Ekblad at this point in the year. Right. It's just the floor. You'd expect the Panthers to be a lot better in general. Yeah. They've, uh, they've, they were slow out of the gate. And then, I don't know, all that. Like, obviously, the, uh, the injury to Huberto didn't help. Uh, right. obviously start the year but then even though all that turmoil with the coaching staff and, and everything that's going on yeah. with Galant it's just been a weird season the, goal the amount of shooting is just crazy yeah oh, it's, it's like five shots five shots. Six shots a night yeah he's got 135 shots in 39 games he had 182 in 78 last yeah. year so oh, he's, he should pass insane. that clip actually pretty soon uh, and it's like honestly we're about to get into it but it's going to be it's definitely a running theme in this segment of guys who have underperformed to this point just a low on ice shooting percentage low personal shooting percentage um which you know to us we kind of just try to chalk up as puck luck uh maybe there's more going on there but it's really tough to say um all we know is that good players can generally sustain a slightly higher shooting percentage and they're not uh i guess they're not likely to to sway too far from their career averages um so it's easier to build i guess uh predictions moving forward for the guys with seven and eight year resumes as opposed to the guys with one and two year resumes because we're not really quite sure what kind of player they are yet um but a lot of these guys have just for lack of better words suffered from bad puck luck to start the season for sure and what were you telling me earlier what's like that what's like a reasonable average or reasonable on a shooting percentage that you can kind of manage well like generally league average shooting percentage at even strength is about nine percent um, so that's kind of your benchmark for average on ice shooting percentage, but you would expect uh, everyone around you to shoot. Um, but, you know, obviously, as you might expect, good players can kind of consistently drive on ice shoot percentage slightly higher. But even like Crosby, who I think uh, has the highest since he's been in the league, generally sits around 12 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so still like uh, considerably above league average. But um, you just you kind of know, like when you see uh when you see a guy that's got a 15% on ice shooting percentage or a 5% on ice shooting percentage, um, that's, you know, plus three or four percentage percentage points away from his career average. It's not likely to last either way. It's crazy um, to, it's crazy that Crosby's is that high, just given the fact that he hasn't really had the best line mates over the years either. Like, could you just imagine if he had been playing with, with better talent on his wings, how high his on ice shooting percentage would be? Yeah. Yeah. Compared to what it and then, is. Yeah, yeah. And it's driven up by the fact that obviously he shoots about 15% right. in his career. Um, but yeah, you're right. And if you look at it, like the last few years, especially, he's had lower on ice shooting percentage. Um, but yeah, like like you said, he had, had very little to play with the last few years. But yeah, it's definitely considered a, a, a stat that um, it is sustainable. But whenever you see uh, huge digressions from their career average, you kind of expect it to balance itself out. Yeah. Uh, within you know uh, i mean a lot of you get the question uh when do you expect some guy to regress or start regressing and like the the right answer is kind of any second now you know yeah it could it just could happen at any time yeah you don't you don't really know really knowing no it just kind of you know uh if you see like good underlying numbers better shot production uh better shot control you generally that's way more uh 
you know, uh, reassuring moving forward for players than guys who have shot 20% to start the season. And, right. But and I we'll, think that's obvious. We'll get more into it too. We're, I'm sure both of us are going to be all over um, these players on ice shooting percentage. Cause like you said, it's probably the best way to tell whether or not a guy is uh, maybe ready to turn it around or if he's just had some bad luck early in the year. So uh, right. we'll start it off with a guy who's obviously been a big disappointment uh, in Boston this year. We've talked about him quite a bit on the show before and how we just can't really figure out what's happening. Uh, but Tr- Patrice Bergeron, whose average draft position was 36.1 at the start of the year. He has eight goals, six assists in 38 games this year. Um, New Year's resolution for him is to play better hockey. Is he going to turn around or not? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I think this is probably one of the easier ones for both of us, right? Like, he's got ridiculous possession and relative possession numbers on the year. Uh, His line's been one of, if not the best in hockey. Yeah. Um, So his lack of production is really hard to chalk up to anything but bad puck luck. He's a career 10.0 career uh, shooter, shooting percentage, shooting just 5.8 this season. On-ice shooting percentage, well below league average at 5.4. So both numbers that are well outside the lines of what you expect to uh, regress, or within the lines, sorry. Um, And, you know, as his personal shooting percentage drives back up, obviously you'd see an influx of goals. As the on-ice drives back up, you'd hope to see the same for assists. Um, Which, you know, won't make up for a slow start at this point. Like, it's just been so bad for whatever reason. it's crazy. Um, production wise i think what what is he at now sorry what did you say 14 points equals six assists right so i mean i don't think anything um that he does in the second half is going to be able to salvage what what he's done to this point like to really make it look half decent um like he's like it's almost impossible for him to break 60 points at this point right yeah um so don't look at his yearly totals anymore is basically what I would say. <laughs> um, but I, I still expect him to threaten to put up 30-plus points in the second half. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is like you just said, we've alluded to it before, just how dominant that, that line has been. And even Marshawn and Pashanak, like Pashanak's production is just insane. Like it's yeah. just so crazy that he can break out and Bergeron, you think, would be the guy driving that. It's just not been the case at all. Um, He's right with him the whole time. I guess. Yeah, and the one like, thing that I, I thought was really kind of strange, um, so they're like – Bergeron's line controls uh, the shot production about six, like sixty-two percent of the shots directed on net. Um, yeah. But then their their goals, his goals for percentage is just fifty-one point five, which was I thought was kind of funny that he, they for the amount that they possess the puck in mm-hmm. the offensive zone for them to be giving up just as many goals as they've scored. Yeah. At even not, strength. Not what you normally see for sure. Yeah, I thought it was just it was it was quite bizarre. We have seen Bergeron. Uh, turn it around a little bit as of late, which I think is probably a sign of things to come. He does have four goals in his last seven games. Um, it's just it's such a strange case. I just yeah. I, I can't really wrap my head around how it's even possible. Uh, but like you said, super super low on ice shooting percentage. Just got to balance itself out a little bit. Uh, another mm-hmm. elite two way center who has struggled at the offensive end this year is Anze Kopitar. Uh, he was on a, or his average draft position story was twenty nine point four. He has just three goals and fourteen assists. In 34 games so far this year, turning around or what? Yeah, I, I think so. Like these cases are so similar. Um, another guy with great possession numbers, and he's even shooting more than he did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his shooting percentage sits at just 4.1 percent. And Kopitar, uh, generally an elite shooter in his career, shoots 12.1 uh, percent for his career. So you would uh, definitely expect that to turn around in the second half. You don't see that sort of drop off uh, all of a sudden. Like, you really don't. He shot 14% last year. A 10% drop-off is crazy. So, yeah, um, unheard of. expect his goal totals to climb. Um, on-ice shooting percentage, again, same thing. Uh, sitting low at 5.7%. Um, again, we should see that regress as his should climb back up. He's still playing 20 minutes a night. Um, to me, probably a stronger bounce-back candidate than Bergeon at this point. And, but they both make great uh, trade targets moving forward. That's interesting you say that because I actually was – I have it written down that I think Bergeron is probably a stronger bounce back candidate uh, simply for the fact that he has better line mates. Um, we actually yeah. saw Tanner Pearson and Carter actually are, were on a line with Kopitar today. So, if, I mean, if that sticks going forward, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be tough to find two better line mates. Uh, they basically made the LA Kings just a one line team today yeah. with that yeah. line. Um, but I just, yeah, their, their, their cases are nearly identical, which is crazy, except for right. the fact that. Uh, 
Kopitar is playing with like well had been playing with uh Dustin Brown and Marion Gabrick who right. have both just been awful. Who were awesome in two thousand and eight. Yeah. It was funny <laughs> when you messaged me earlier when we were talking about uh the waiver wire wire pickups that we'll get to uh later, when you messaged me and said that the, the wire is Garbo. I yeah. thought you originally when I like read it quickly, right. I thought you meant like your pickup was gonna be like Gabo, like Gabrick. I was just like, What I don't think you should do that. He's awful. <laughs> but then I read it again, I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 the wire is Garbo. <laughs> I was just like, Oh god, I'm, I'm not gonna have to tell him not to do that, am I? He knows better than that. Yeah. But on. then you did. So that was good. Here? Come on. <laughs> um but the next guy we need to talk about here is Zach Parise. Uh, Parise's average draft position was 60.5. Uh, seven goals, 11 assists for 18 points in 28 games this year. Um, I would like to mention first before I throw it to you is Parise has started to turn it around a bit though with three goals, six assists. So nine points in his last nine games. So things are looking up. Uh, is it going to continue or is he going to continue to struggle? See, I don't even... I was looking at it. I'm not even sure Parise belongs on this list. Um, I think, like more than anything, his injury his injury has plagued him. Um, the games he missed because, like, his production right now isn't really that off what we saw last year. Uh, again, like you said, he's kind of picked it up in the last few weeks. Um, but I think he's still on pace for like uh, 50 or 51 points over an 82 point spread or 82 game spread. Sorry. Um, and I think what he put up 55 last year, I should definitely just pull up these numbers rather than to talk off my head. I got but, him. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he is what he is. Like he shoots a ton, which is awesome. Um, doesn't put up a ton of assists. He never really has, uh, you know, since 2009 or whatever, whenever he was a point of game, um, those days are long gone, but he's still a 50 to 60 point guy who is generally going to be closer to 30 goals than 20. Um, because of how often he shoots. So right now he's at 18 points in 28 games. Um, and while his shot totals are slightly down, um, he's still shooting a ton. He's still over three a game. Uh, yeah, he's, he's only missed... on pace for 17 less shots than last year. Right. And you're sure he's shooting just 8%, but he's missed so many games that it's barely even worth talking about right now. Um, like that could change in one game, right? He has one big two or three goal game and he's right back at his career norm for shooting percentage. Um, so, yeah, he's still playing 18 minutes a night. I, I actually think Parise is fine moving forward. I think if you're disappointed with his production at that point, you probably haven't been uh, totally uh, up to date on what he's done in the last few years, I guess. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked to see that his average draft position was down in the 60s. Uh, I thought just the name alone would, you know, in, in standard leagues would keep it above, you know, in the 50s or higher even. Um, sure. But I guess some people obviously have kind of figured out that he's not the 82-point player that he was in 2009 or 2010, excuse me. But you're right. Uh, that's basically all I've written down as well. Is simply it's just been an injury-plagued year for him. I think we talked about it a couple podcasts ago too that um, I think maybe he's just being nagged by the injury too. It's He's having a hard time kind of getting – he's not playing fully healthy. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, at 32 years old, he's getting up there in age. I think he's a lot older than people really realize. But you're right, he – his numbers are pretty much where they've been for his, you know, four years there yeah. um, in Minnesota. So, um, yeah, it really yeah it, it, it's hard to, I mean, obviously like you could throw, you know, Jonathan quick and Stamkos for a lot of answers. People were getting, uh, throwing at me earlier, but I mean, it, it's hard to chalk up. We're trying to find people that are disappointing based off of their production while healthy, not the fact that they've missed time. I mean, that's just, that can happen to anybody. And, uh, right, has obviously been a guy who's no stranger to getting hurt in the past couple of years either. So, yeah, true. Um, Here's a guy that I pretty much called uh, as being a bust this year, so I'm not super surprised to see him on this list at all. Uh, but Boone Jenner, average draft position was still around 120, which isn't terribly unreasonable. Um, but he has just six goals and five assists, so 11 points in 37 games. Um, I think a lot of people, if if they didn't know uh, how many points Jenner had, if you asked them, like, okay, how do you think Boone Jenner's doing this year? If you looked at the Blue Jackets, you'd probably say pretty good. Uh, based yeah. on their team's record but um they've really just been a one power play unit team um especially over the last month um it's been Bobrovsky and that number one power play unit that Jenner just isn't on uh his, his power play minutes are down he scored yep. about 30 goals last year he's only got six uh through the first half of this year so I mean I obviously didn't love Jenner coming into this year and if you're not playing on the number one unit that's just doing literally all of the damage then what you know you what value do you really have? Do you see anything, uh, any brighter days in Jenner's future? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, his playing time is so sporadic. Played 11 minutes uh, last night in Washington, and then uh, the game before that against Edmonton, he played 19 minutes. So it's, it's so hard to get a feel um, for where he's going to be in this team moving forward. And Columbus is just so deep that it's you know it, it's not just like one or two guys, or it's not just one guy going down that it would take for him to get a crack at the top. There's a few guys that are probably ahead of him at this point. Um, so I, I, I really don't think he's rosterable at this point in re, in redraft leagues for sure. Um, and again, like, yeah, his shooting percentage is down, but he's shooting 7.8 and he's only played 150 games. So to expect any regression for that 7.8, we kind of have to assume Jenner's an elite shooter. Um, which I'm going to go ahead and probably say that he's not. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's tough to say, like, sure. Like he shot 13% last year. He shot like 12 the year before that. Um, but again, like that's only about 150 games total. Um, you know, one or like half a season, a, a run of good puck luck can really inflate those numbers. Um, so yeah, I'm not really expecting a lot of positive regression here. And again, his playing time's down, so his shot production is down. Yeah, he's um, on pace. I just looked that up too. Yeah, he's on pace for over 40 shots less than he had last year, which is obviously a, a big drop off. But right for a third year guy. Um, I but yeah, just I, actually, I don't think he's rosterable at this point. No, that's yeah. all I was gonna say. No, because we've talked about it before, how we were a little bit worried about some of these Blue Jackets players going forward under Torts because, you know, sometimes if you get in the in his bad book, you know, you're, you're Velcro to the bench. Um, yeah. So now that they've lost, do you, do you think there's maybe a tailspin coming here? or? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not about to try to speculate on what Torts is going to do. Not, not so uh, much on what Torts is going to do, but just as the, the Blue Jackets as a whole, do you see maybe, you know, when you go on a, a crazy run like that, and then it, you know, I feel like the focus is so is so much on keeping that run going, and then once it comes to an end, it, you know, maybe a little bit of a, whether it's a lack of focus or whatever it may be, I'm just, I, I'm not a huge believer in the Blue Jackets and they're like 40% power play. Uh, do you think uh, maybe it's time for, for them to little spiral out of control and start losing some games here? I mean, if uh, if luck is true and honest, then you would expect them to lose as many games as they just won, probably. Because um, I still think they're closer to a 500 team. Uh, like, they're not bad by any means, but they're nowhere near this good. Um, not but, I mean, anyone NHL? is anyone is when you have 950 goaltending, right? So <laughs> it's really going to depend on how Probofsky plays from here on out. And obviously that power play, but I think Bob's the the real make or break on that team right now. Yeah, and obviously I agree because I think a couple weeks ago when you did that fill in the blank team, I said the Blue Jackets are a Bobrovsky team. So yeah, yeah, I think we said the same thing. <laughs> it's pretty much just Bob, and that's about it. And obviously that power play's just uh, been godly. So but, yeah, I mean I've never seen a power play click at like thirty percent for an entire year. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's not gonna. Happen. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> um, okay, let's move out west now. Um, Sean Monahan, who is an average draft position of 63.9, and Johnny Goudreau, uh, 9.8 ADP. Um, both of them haven't been great. Uh, Monahan more so than Goudreau. Monahan has 22 points, 10 goals, 12 assists in 40 games. Goudreau, who was hurt uh, with a hand injury, I mean, not a huge disappointment in my eyes because he has 26 points in 30 games, a near point per game player. Uh, but a lot of people seem to be really disappointed with Goudreau uh, when I fired it away on Twitter. What do you think uh, Monaghan and Goudreau have in store for them uh, heading into 2017? I mean, it's kind of tough in Calgary right now, man. Like, I don't really know. Like, <laughs> it's so hard to, to say. Like, I think Goudreau's been playing fine. Like, I don't really see that much wrong with what Goudreau's done to this point. Yeah, he's on um, pace for 68 points over an 82, like, 68 points per 82 games. Um, Obviously, he's not going to play those 82 games, but that's still, like, pretty much, I think, wh- right where you could have slotted him in coming into this year, safely slotted him in. Obviously, I think he had 74 last year, Um, so a little bit down from what he did a year ago. But to say yeah. that everybody, like to say you were expecting guaranteed 80 points out of him this year would be unreasonable. So, I mean, even that 68 point pace isn't terrible. Uh, I think that there's still room for improvement. Uh, yeah. Monaghan, I think, has been a bigger disappointment. Obviously, his shots are down, which is a big concern. Yeah, um, it is. His course, I mean, he's extremely poor. Uh, yeah. Obviously, being back on a line with Gaudreau in the last couple games is going to help. Uh, but at this point, he kind of looks more like a 25-25 player than maybe the 30-30 
uh, we were expecting, or like the 60-point player we've seen over the last couple of years, I think he's going to finish around the 50-point mark. It's just maybe just a down year. Maybe this is just more the player that he is. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, well, his on-ice shooting percentage is down, right? It's at 6.4%. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was around 10 the two years before. Um, and he did rely on uh, like pretty hefty shooting percentage the last two years to you know uh, get around 30 goals. He had shot 16.2. Uh, in his second year and uh, shot 13.7 last year um, so again he's shooting 12% this year so clearly he's an above average shooter um, but he again the bigger concern is that just getting the puck to the net is down just 83 shots through 40 games last year um, almost broke 200 last year doesn't look like he's gonna be able to do that this year at all um, so again that's the bigger issue but I you know there's no better cure for what's ailing him right now than playing with Goudreau yeah, that's for sure. Goudreau is obviously uh, the best player that they've got over there up front. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has to do too with we've kind of just seen. Uh, I know you'll touch on it a little bit later, but the emergence of you know Michael Backlund and some some secondary scoring out there uh, has really yeah. maybe kind of led to less ice time for these guys or, or, or less offensive opportunities or whatever it may be. Um, this is another guy that's relied. Heavily. Yeah, his ice time is slightly down too. Sorry, not not to cut you off. No, no, it's okay. It, it, this is a guy that's relied uh, on the power play quite a bit over the last couple of years as well, mm-hmm. uh, 20 points. Um, and their power play has been clicking at uh, 20% this year, which is obviously impressive. Uh, and, and if that continues, that'll obviously help uh, Monaghan going forward. But I just, I mean, obviously, I, I still, like I, we both said, Goudreau has not really been that big of a disappointment. No. Uh, Monaghan, on the other hand, a little more so. Uh, but nobody, I think... There's been some guys, but nobody I think has been as big of a disappointment in my eyes as John Tavares this year. Uh, his average draft position was 11.7. Uh, this is a guy that everybody expects to be a point-per-game player. Uh, comes yeah. in with just 11 goals, 16 assists, and 36 games. So 27 points in 36 games. Um, I've bashed the Islanders quite a bit this year, so I'll let you uh, take care of the Islander bashing right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I like Tavares a lot. Uh, we both do. Uh, but that team around him is so bad. Um, Are you reading off my page? Am I screen sharing? I don't even know about it. <laughs> I think this was just pretty obvious. Hey, eh? like, I mean, yes, like we said, it, this is a theme of the segment. His shooting percentage is two and a half below his career average. Um, so yeah, sure, that's played his production a little bit. He could he could be even better under the terrible circumstances he is. Fine, um, but the team just has such a hard time sustaining any offense at all especially without Tavares on the ice. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say that. They're brutal when he's hot out there. Yeah. So, to, I mean, Tavares uh, himself has fallen to, uh, as Corsi has fallen to below 50% for the first time since his sophomore season. Um, and he's still got a relative Corsi of over 5.5%, <laughs> which is, you know. <laughs> crazy. So, he's doing his best. Um uh, so and this is a guy who's traditionally had little to no help throughout his career uh, in New York and still been able to put up big numbers. Um, but I mean, his supporting cast is you know no offense to the guys on that team right now. It's as bad as it's ever been um, with the loss of Ogposo and trying to supplement that with uh, adding Lad, which you know th- we don't even want to talk about that. He's actually played um, well recently. Sure, like three games. <laughs> <laughs> it's a start, man. Yeah, you gotta start uh, somewhere. I, there's always hope from just a fiery second half from Tavares, um, but he's going to be hard-pressed to break 65 points at this point, which just breaks my little fantasy hockey heart. <laughs> I know, it's just crazy. I, I pulled it up here. He's tied for 54th uh, in the NHL in points right now. Not what you're looking for from a guy you drafted 11th overall. He even has less points than my boy, uh, Henrik Zetterberg, which is shocking uh, to say the least. <laughs> Um, well, no, he was just right above him. Another guy, no, but there's some other guys I want. I wanted to mention too: Sam Gagne, Marcus Johansson, JT Miller, Kevin Oof. Hayes. Oh, don't start. There's oh, some players man. out there that have more points than Tavares. That if you would have told me at the start of the year, I would have never believed you. Um, the fact just that JT Miller has one more goal and one more assist than Tavares is crazy. Hashtag free Tavares. Yeah. He's going to be in the Leafs uniform in a few years. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, we'll just wait and see his production when he's playing next to Mitch Marner and uh, oh, yeah. Nylander. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I think he's looking more, shaping up like he's going to be more of a uh, of a 60-point guy than the 90-point guy I think people right. kind of expected. 
Right. So I, I think a part of it is the Islanders are just awful. And then, yeah, he's had some bad puck luck on top of that, which is just made for a very dreadful year for John Tavares fantasy owners. Yeah. So what I had written down was it is what it is for Tavares. Unfortunately, his team is brutal. <laughs> the Islanders yep. are flat. Terrible. Garth Snow and Jack Capuano did this. Not Tavares. There's <laughs> nothing to suggest it's going to get any better. Yep. It's uh, that is a gloomy statement uh for john tomorrow's owners to say the least uh but let's move on to another guy, guy that we were both super high on he probably they probably um pk suban average draft <laughs> position 21.8 he has seven goals and 10 assists in 17 sorry 17 points in 29 games um so far this year it's funny though because i think it was just about this time last year we were sitting here talking about pk suban being disappointing uh as well and he only had one goal at this point last year. So <laughs> yeah, uh, seven yeah. seems like a, a, a big improvement. Obviously, he's hurt right now. Uh, for me, I think the entire Predators team has just been a bit of a disappointment to this part, uh, point of the season. We've obviously talked about it a lot, especially coming into the year, how we just loved this team, loved Subban, loved Yossi, and it just hasn't worked. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, obviously, I mean, Subban's of- numbers aren't brutal. The injury is – he's just been hurt. I mean, 17 and 29, it's still uh, – just under 40, a 50, 50 point yeah. for 82 game pace, which isn't obviously bad at all from a defenseman. Seven goals is actually pretty nice. Um, and again, I, I think that this team, this is one of the teams that I think I have pegged uh, for a big second half. One team that is underperformed. In the, there's a number of teams that I think have underperformed to this point in the season, but I don't think you can really make a case for any other team uh, as strong as you can make one for the Predators. They just seem like they've got a really good team. And, yeah, and uh, I mean, I part of what, uh, attracted us so much about PK going to Predators is that potential power play unit, right? And it's kind of been a little disappointing. It's still in the top half of the league, um, but not as good as we would have hoped. Um, and I think part of that, you know, probably can just be chalked up to Subban's coming over to a new team, right, learning new schemes. He's playing 25 minutes a night with Yossi, so they're still building their chemistry night in, night out. Um, and the, the power play's been better of late, and I think it will be moving forward, which should bode well for Subban and you know as Yossi as well so yeah and I think we we kind of talked about it too how uh how Forsberg struggled Forsberg should improve I think you know Rene should get better even if Rene doesn't UC Saros has been excellent when he's been called upon I think there's a lot of things uh that bode well for the the Predators and especially Subban here heading into the second half um I was a little bit surprised to see this name dropped as a disappointment I know we're in the same boat on this one but Chris Letang uh, average draft position of 37.9. He has two goals, nine assist, 19 assists, sorry, 21 points in 26 games. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, there's not really much to be disappointed about when you're talking about 21 points in 26 games from a defenseman. Seriously. Uh, Especially Lata- when it's Chris Letang. Chris like, Letang's yeah. hurt, man. Like, I... I, I, I I don't know what how I, you upset that Chris Letang's hurt. Like, you can't be. You literally, uh, like, if you're sitting there on draft day, like, he, he drops... Because you're like, ah, shit, this guy's going to get hurt. And then, like, you just scoop him. Eventually, you're like, shit, he's yeah. going to get hurt. You just know it deep down inside that it's going to happen. And you just have yeah, to. You don't complain about Chris Letang. You just take every game that he suits up for you as what it is, a blessing, and just take the points that come with yeah, it. Yeah, like you're, you're... Sure, the goals have been a little disappointing. He's shooting just 2.5%. That's obviously not going to continue. Um, but he just hasn't played enough to drive it back up. So, yeah, sucks. That's Chris Letang for you. But, you know, I, I'm not about to sit here and say I'm disappointed with how he's been at all. I'm actually impressed. I'm impressed <laughs> that he's played 26 games to this point. I thought it was, I thought it'd be way less. I would have taken the under for sure. To be fair, I mean, the last two seasons he was right around 70 games both seasons. So, yeah, obviously still like some s- significant injury each year, but um, not enough where it would hurt his yearly production all too much. Um, but, I mean, he's already missed more games than that this year, so. I'm never. Yeah. I'm literally like never not gonna laugh, like when people are just like, oh, "What Subban's hurt?" <laughs> like, the, the yeah, tank? bro, it literally happens every. Or sorry, sorry, I was reading. Yeah, the yeah. tank. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to confirm UC Saros right now, but that's never gonna happen because Nashville sucks. Um, <laughs> but speaking of goaltenders, we've got a couple of goaltenders that have been disappointing <laughs> this year. D, this guy. You were way higher uh, on him than me and Biebs were coming into the season. And uh, it almost started making me a little nervous. I'm like, oh, man, he, you know, D might be onto something here. Um, and then it just hasn't worked out at all. Uh, Corey Schneider, 12-15-5 with a 2-7-4 goals against and a 9-0-8 save percentage. Um, right. 
D, what's going on with your boy in New Jersey here? Man, you know, it's no secret to anyone who wishes this to uh, anyone who listens <laughs> to this <together>. show <laughs> um, that I take no pride in my lack of ability to predict how a goaltender is going to play in any given season. Um, what I do know is that from 2010 to 2015-16, last season, Corey Schneider was above at least the 921 save percentage every single one of those years. What's happening right now? He's at 908. Has he ever been that low in his career? No. Is it likely to continue? I doubt it. He's looked better as of late. He had a shutout this week. But again, take it for my word. I know nothing about goalies. And if someone tells you they do, they're lying because no one knows how they're going to perform from one year to the next. They're voodoo. And you just kind of pick the ones on half-decent teams who have a historical tendency to stop their fair share of shots and hope for the best. And uh, hasn't worked out for Schneider. You know, he's 30 now. Maybe that's what it is. He hit the big old 3-0. You know, goalies are good from basically the time they're 27 till they're 30. So I've got the answer for you right here. What's up? And whenever, whenever, whenever people ask me, like, yo, what's going on with Schneider, dude? I go back to the same thing. You start him when he plays at home. You sit him when he plays on the road. Listen to these splits. On home ice, Schneider is 10-2-1 with a 2.28 goals against and a 9.16 save percentage. And two shutouts. Shutouts. Very solid. On the road, complete opposite. Two wins, 10 losses, four overtime losses, a 3.11 goals against average, and a 9.02 save percentage. Why does this matter? It's just brutal on the road. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, they just, I guess the Devils just suck on the road. It's probably less to do with Schneider, more to do with the Devils, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what it yeah. is. It's weird. Like, I'll start him no problem every time he starts on home ice. But whenever he starts on the run, I'm like, no, get on the bench. Never happening. Uh, but, Great. guy, big disappointment for me. Uh, you obviously don't care because he's a goalie. But uh, Peter Mrazek, <laughs> average draft position of 83.4. He's 9-9-3 with a 3.06 goals against an 8.97 save percentage. You going to take a stab at him or what? Uh, no, you got this. Bro. Okay. Um, Mraz has been flat out bad. <laughs> Let's just get that yep. out there. Um, he's been giving up bad rebounds. He's playing poor angles. Uh, but he's recently taken a seat. Jared Caro has gone in there. Not played well either. Uh, did have a shutout last night. Probably should have made that stop on Austin Matthews in the Centennial Classic. Um, what one? In OT. Oh, the OT. That was brutal. Yeah. Well, that was a tough puck to follow. But, I mean, Detroit's... Shut up. Detroit's been getting those bounces at the Joe for 50 years. The Joe <laughs> is literally known for that exact bounce off the board. Yeah, but not like like on purpose. That was just... I don't know. It was a lame goal. Anyway. Uh, Lidstrom did it for his whole career, dude. No, he didn't. He yeah, way, he did. He was way better. No. no, he did. But more like intentionally. Even so, that was yeah. ba- That was an accident. No, uh, Gardner missed it out on purpose. Watch no, that play he, again. What are you trying to say? That Gardner's Nicholas Lidstrom right now? I'm just saying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Mrazic ended up coming back. He's, he played well against the Ducks the other night, despite the loss. So maybe the time where he got the sit, especially, you know, it's probably not easy on a guy who thinks he's the number one goalie to sit during a big game like the Centennial Classic. Maybe that little time off gave him time to reset. He'll be able to come back. But at this point, the wings are bad regardless. Maybe he's just one of those dudes who just can't ever really start, you know? Maybe he's like a Thomas Grice or a Brian Elliott who just can't take their own job. Or Yaroslav Halak, maybe. Um, you could be or right. maybe, he's maybe just a goalie. no one should be subjected to playing over 55 games in net in an NHL hockey season. Maybe it's just not physically possible, and these guys have just been defying it for years, when really it's much healthier to have two guys play half the games. I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows anything about gold. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> See, I asked shoot. if you wanted to take a stab, and you took a pretty good stab, even though you didn't right? want to take a stab. Um, but I, is that not a trend? It seems like a trend in my mind, that a lot of these guys who do well as a backup or a 1A suddenly struggle when they're thrust into playing three times oh, I, I don't think any goalie should ever play, like unless the schedule absolutely allows for a, a couple days rest in between most games. I don't think a goalie should ever start like eight in a row even. Like yeah. Some of these guys go out there 15 nights in, or games in a row. It's like, what are you doing? And the I, best I can't that, believe coaches still start their starters on back-to-backs ever. Like, yeah. Why would you ever do that? I would, I would certainly never do it. Literally the purpose of your backup. No, I would, I would absolutely never do it. Uh, yeah. But 
you just led a nice little segue into our very final disappointment of the year, Yaroslav Halak, uh, 126 ADP at the start of the year, 6, 8, and 5, 323, 904 save percentage. Uh, obviously, we can't really expect him to play any better in the second half while he's in the AHL. So I guess my question to you is, <laughs> do you think anybody makes a move for him, uh, try to add him as a potential backup? How about Calgary? You know, a little Halak Elliott action going on again. I'm giving up on Chad Johnson already? I mean, Yikes. I would. No, Chad Johnson's been fine. Um, I can see somebody like, depends obviously with Craig Anderson's situation. Ottawa, maybe make a move there, depending sure. on Craig Anderson. You sure. got uh, Edmonton, who Jonas Gustafson sucks. Maybe Edmonton, because Cam Talbot's got like the most starts in the league right now. And as we just referenced, you can't even physically do that. So. Yeah. Maybe that's another team. But uh, obviously, we're not going to talk too much about Hawk. Guys in the AHL. He lost his first start in the AHL in a shootout. Um, <laughs> but before that we sucks. go to a break, um, I just want to talk about our Roto League that we had going on Let's earlier in the it. year. Uh, just to, we, we did this update, or sorry, we did this draft right before the season started. Um, Beebs is probably going to be disappointed we did this without him because he would probably love to gloat a bit because his record in these things so far on this podcast He's is gloating somewhere dreadful. Right now. Don't, um, don't Beebs worry. is leading. Don't worry about that. Beebs is leading um, our daily face-off podcast fantasy draft. It is a uh, standard league scoring. For those of you guys who didn't listen to the episode, standard league scoring. So goals, assists, plus, minus, power play points. PIMS which is bullshit. Shots on goal, wins, goals against average, save percentage, and shootouts. Uh, so Biebs is currently holding down shutouts. first place. What did I say? Shootouts. Oh, shutouts. It just said SO. Could be either way. Uh, shutouts. <laughs> just shootout <laughs> shoot games. As Whoever many games. gets in the most shootouts. <laughs> uh, but Biebs is currently in first with 22 roto points. I'm holding up second with 20, and D is bringing up the rear with 18. Um, but it is very strange how this league is going. Uh, currently, Biebs is basically leading in every single skater category except for plus minus and PIMS, where he is second. Um, and then I'm basically in last in every single skater category right. except for plus minus. Right. Um, and D just consistently number two across the board all the way through. Um, and then last in plus minus? Uh, yeah, you're last in plus minus. But that, because it's not a real stat. No. Oh, if, if there was like a Corsi stat, if we just added up everybody's Corsi <laughs> oh, to see what it, it was, you would be like by killing us. Destroy it, dude. Um, just give it a few years to be in fantasy. It'd be great. Oh, for sure. It's going to be in like awesome. NHL 18. Like, yeah. Oh, it's going to be the video game soon, dude. Yeah. They already have like super advanced saber metrics in the baseball games. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, yeah, but then anyway, before we go to the break here. Theoretically, I am... it's easier to track in a video game than real life. Exactly. Go ahead. But no, and then I'm holding down the fort with uh, first place in every single goaltending right. category because I have Braden Holtby and Carey Price. Um, so didn't we? Uh, didn't we draft a rookie skater each? In that? Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, that might be why. So how's my... everyone's rookie doing? Let's just touch you know, on that. Okay, real quick. so uh, let's just talk about rookies here for a second. Uh, Beeves so... has Austin Matthews, who has 20 goals, 14 assists, uh, and a bunch of other really good numbers. Uh, D has Patrick Line, who has well, 21 doing? goals, 15 assists, and a bunch of other oh, he's numbers. He's not bad. Uh, I still should have and, taken and, and, and I have Dylan Strome. Uh, <laughs> I didn't factor in his... How are his numbers at the World Juniors, Brock? I didn't factor in his World Junior numbers, uh, but he does... He did, you know, before he got shipped back to the Juniors, he did chip in one assist for me. There you go. Uh, but he, he also has the worst plus-minus on my team at minus five, and he only played like seven games, so... <laughs> that's brutal um but yeah obviously that's a huge dent uh if i had 20 goals oh, and 15 assists for my rookie like you guys do uh i would be probably in first across the board but my rookie is killing you know, there's like six leaf rookies you could have taken that would have been more yeah but productive. i would have never done that to myself <laughs> you, you want to take connor brown i should have just i should have just taken anthony mantha but anyways let's get uh out. let's send it over to the blue stones and when we get back we'll just do a quick injury report and then we each have two waiver wire pickups to talk about really quickly and then we'll send you guys on your way and you guys can have a great weekend see you back here like a broken arrow the time slows and my vision narrows i'm out of money i'm out of time sing your hearts out sing it loud make me happy make me proud black hole 
Welcome back to episode 47 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. As always, we hope you're enjoying the show so far. And uh, the top tier fantasy hockey content that we have undeniably produced up to this point in the show. <laughs> Shouts going out as always to the great dudes of the Blue Stones and their sweet tunes that they continue to uh, produce, I guess, and share with us. Uh, it's definitely been a great partnership for both sides, I'd like to say, probably, right? I'm assuming um, they tell us that it's been good for them, um, and you guys tell us that you love them. So, uh, seems like, mind seems it like it's working. Yeah. Uh, second half coming up. We got it's going to be a short second half. We got uh, some waiver wire pickups for you guys because we know that's the bread and butter. That's why you guys come here. Um, I mean, who who can't use a good waiver wire pickup at any point? Um, even though the wire, as Brock alluded to earlier, is admittedly garbage right now, we did manage to find some. Yeah, his grabo. We managed to find some sort of diamonds in the rough, I guess. Even though they're not quite diamonds, but they're close. Uh, before we get to that, though, we're going to throw it over to everyone's favorite host, Brock Segan, with none other, none other than your weekly injury report. Take it away, Brock. Well, uh, thank you, D. Uh, Jim, Jimmy Ben, <laughs> Jamie Ben is. <laughs> Right. No, yeah, not able to play on Saturday uh, because he's on IR, so he literally just is not allowed. Uh, but then he's also doubtful for Monday and Tuesdays uh, back-to-back. So Jamie, Ben, uh, expected to miss at least three more games. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff will not play tonight, which by tomorrow will be yesterday. Uh, but he's also questionable for Sunday as well because he was unable to join practice. Uh, skated by himself, so he could return, but remains questionable. Alex Galchenyuk and Andre Markov both skated in Toronto today, but will not play Saturday. Um, they did say, the Habs that is, uh, said that both of those players are close, so look for them to return next week. Um, quickly, um, Nikita Sherback, their first round pick, I believe in 2015 or 14, one of the years, uh, sure. he will make his NHL debut on um, Saturday against the Leafs because Brendan Gallagher is out eight weeks after undergoing... A game which I will be at. Oh, congratulations. As of this afternoon, my that... brother called and offered me a ticket. So Huge. going to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Nothing better than Leafs and Habs, that's for sure. I mean, I can't wait to tell my kids in 20 years that I was at Nikita Sherback's first hockey game. Yeah, could be a 2014 team. draft, by the way. Yes, thank you. Um, so gotcha. yeah, Gallagher fractured his hand in Dallas the other night on a Shea Weber shot. So Shea Weber claims another victim. Um, <laughs> and Rick Nash will not play Saturday in Columbus. He remains sideline with a groin injury. And last but not least, David Backus uh, practiced for, I believe, the third day in a row. Wasn't able to go on Wednesday, but it, or sorry, Thursday, but it does look like he should be back in the lineup on Saturday. So D, you already alluded to it. We're doing waiver pickups. Give us your first guy. Let's go. Um, real quick, before we get into it, I want to share a hilarious stat that I just saw. Um, I had the Nashville Predators power play defense core, uh, time up cause I wanted to look at it, uh, for Subban, I guess is probably why. I don't know why, but it's up and I was looking through and Matt Irwin in 32 games played has 10 seconds of power play time. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, I was just wondering like, you think it was one game, like just one 10 second shift? Well, you it's think, probably like, like it just kind of sneaks on at the end of the power play. No, it, I think it happens a lot too when, like, say, say the goalie covers the puck with 10 seconds left on the power play. They don't really send out the unit, right? They just go with the next D pair or whatever, yeah. get the 2D yeah. on the ice. So that's probably what happened. You but it what? probably happened in two five second <laughs> intervals, I'm saying. He's a. Uh... His only attributed stat, they have like goals, assist points, obviously, and then they have power play shots, power play hits, and power play missed shots, and then giveaways, takeaways. His only attributed stat on the power play is one power play missed shot. Um, so, anyway, I just thought that was really funny. But um, <laughs> hey, He's a plus 14 this year, though. He's a great hockey player. He's a great hockey player. <laughs> Coincidentally, you don't get any pluses, and you can only get minuses while you're on the power play. So, yeah. weird. Weird. Um, anyway, um, Waiver wire, pickup, mine, Michael Backlund of the Calgary Flames. 35% owned in Yahoo Standard Leagues, 25 points in 40 games this season, which includes nine in his last seven. This guy's on fuego right now, as the Spanish like to say. Uh, you know, we'll start with the bad news, the bad underlying numbers. He's a career 9.4 shooter, shooting slightly above that mark at 12.4 this season. Not quite slightly, it's actually a pretty hefty margin. But the good news is he's shooting more than ever. 
currently on pace for 199 shots this year, which would be a huge improvement over the 155 he put up in a full 82 games last season. Um, so the extra shots should help offset any regression he sees in shooting percentage. Uh, more encouraging are his uh, possession numbers. Even strength course, you have 54.4% right now. Positive relative course, you have 6.3%. Uh, it's a big number. It indicates he's doing a solid job of creating offense when he's on the ice, at the very least limiting the shots against. Um, you know, which bodes well for its production. Anytime you're pushing more shots at their goal, then you're taking out your own. Uh, it's got to be good news. He's on ice shooting percentage sits news. at a league average at 9%, so we shouldn't expect any major regression in assists for Backlund either. Um, basically, what he offers you is nothing spectacular at all, to be sure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but there, there's no massive ceiling above his production here all of a sudden. Uh, but he does play 18 minutes a night in all situations, and he's very effective at what he does. Not the sexiest names, if you're into that sort of thing. But he could definitely put up 25 to 30 points in the second half of the season if Lady Luck is at all kind to him. He's on fire right now. And again, his underlying numbers offer some solid floor for consistency. Um, so if you're in a pinch, he definitely offers some short-term value. And like I said, there's some slight uh, draw to potentially what he could put up. He's basically doing what uh, what Monaghan's not doing. Basically. Basically. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you see more power play time as a result of how well he's been playing lately. Um, again, like we say, we, I, we've said this so many times on the podcast, but obviously playing time drives production up. Sometimes production drives playing time up. Um, and sometimes, you know, that just is the lasting result because of it. He's always played a lot in his career because they like using him in all situations. Uh, but he showed a, a little bit more offensive prowess the last few years and definitely over this last streak. Um, so again, nothing spectacular. Uh, don't get on me if he just totally flames out, no pun intended, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's, he's a solid pickup right now off a of wire that doesn't offer anything attractive whatsoever in terms of uh, really high-caliber talent in uh, for forwards anyway right now. Unless Wire's you, not good right now. Unless you want to add Gabo. <laughs> uh, something else that Gary. might be available is my boy, the only bright spot in Detroit right now, Anthony Manta, who still sits at just 32% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Manta has been, like I said, the lone bright spot in Detroit in an otherwise terrible and playoff streak ending season to date. Um, since being called Can't up from Grand, <laughs> since being called from Grand Rapids, Manta has 10 goals and 8 assists, 18 points in 24 games. Um, he currently sits third among rookies in goals per game behind just Matthews and Patrick Laine. He's also fifth among rookies in points per game and ninth in shots per game. Uh, he has the best relative Corsi of any Red Wing regular and any Red Wing forward. Uh, and while his shooting percentage might take a slight hit, um, we've talked about maybe other players potentially being elite shooters. When you watch Manta, it looks like he is exactly that. Uh, he has an absolutely ridiculous release and a very heavy shot. Um, sometimes it looks like it's borderline unstoppable. Uh, so I think while his shooting percentage will obviously take a small hit, I think he can maintain a higher than normal shooting percentage. Um, so I don't expect a big dip in Mantha's play. He's getting an opportunity to play in all situations in Detroit. Um, key on their power play. Key uh, playing along Zetterberg at even strength. Uh, just playing humongous minutes for the Red Wings. And again, when you're the best player on the team, He's going to get all the opportunity. Uh, he's averaged 17 minutes per night over the whole season, but lately we've seen him up around 20, 21, 19. Um, he's playing a ton, and he's currently riding a 17, or sorry, a se- not, it actually snapped. I'm lying. They got shut out the other night. But he has a <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six goals in his last seven games to go along with three assists. Oh, so nine points in his last seven games. Guy's hot. 32% on. One more piece of good news for Manta. Left wing and right wing eligible. Oh, there you go. There you go. But uh, there you D, go. you got. I'm sure you got another one. Yep. Yeah, uh, but like you said, the for the talent uh, for forwards anyway on the wire right now is definitely lacking. Um, there are, as usual, some good defensive options out there. The D actually seem to be pretty deep this year, uh, all things considered. Uh, but I'm gonna talk about Jacob Truba. Uh, just 27% owned in Yahoo. He's got 13 points in 26 games this season. Seven points in his last five games. So he's definitely been hot as of late. Um, there's he's no seen, denying Trouba's talent when you watch him play. Sorry, he's seen a big bump in uh, in power play time recently too. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm gonna get into. Um, it, it, like it's crazy that he can play as much as he's playing and still, uh, relative to Bufflin at least, barely get a sniff of power play time. Right. 
Um, I, I think the biggest issue uh, in Winnipeg is that uh, what's the coach's name? I'm blanking here. Paul Maurice. We go through this a lot. Right, 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 right. Uh, Maurice <laughs> likes to play four forwards on his power play units, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's a philosophy that a lot of coaches have been uh, taking this year. Uh, but from a fantasy, pre- fantasy perspective, no one suffered more from that than Shuba. Because as a result, um, you have seen Bufflin get around three and a half minutes of power play time a game compared to Truba just 1.2. Um, and that's the exact reason why Truba was holding out to start this year. Despite the high amount of minutes he was getting last year, he complained uh, his power play time was not where it should be. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, probably. And he felt a lot of that had to do with him and Bufflin being the same side of the fence. And he's probably got something there. Uh, definitely, Maurice has uh, shown to prefer playing Bufflin on the top unit over Truba. But like you said, it's kind of been changing as late. And certainly no one can blame for me, Maurice, for wanting to play Bufflin on his top unit. He's a tremendous power play defenseman. Nobody's doubting that. Um, but at the very least, it gives Truba a lot of potential moving forward, at least for his fantasy value to skyrocket. Because a guy that's on pace to put up 40 even strength points from the back end, that's crazy. Like 40 points is a solid season for a defenseman, right? Yeah, especially uh, all even strength. Dude, he's got no power play points yeah, yet this I know. year. So, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I mean... His shots are way up, too. Yeah, he's been awesome at even strength. Still hasn't been quite rewarded for it yet, which I'm sure is disappointing for Truba. It's definitely disappointing for anyone who's owned him up to this point. Um, But there's a lot of upside there in Truba right now. And again, just 27% owned. He's a name that people know and people like. So if he is to see an uptick in time and production, you can bet his value is going to skyrocket. Potential trade piece, potential just nice guy to help you out on the back end. So I think Truba is actually... uh, a, a bit of a diamond in the rough right now on the shitty, shitty fantasy player. <laughs> uh, another guy that I think is a diamond in the rough, as you like to say, uh, is Tanner sure. Pearson, who we talked a bit about earlier playing alongside uh, Kopitar right now. But Pearson did struggle on uh, the first few months of the season. He picked up just 13 points in his first 30 games of the year. But since Tyler Toffoli went down with a lower body injury, Pearson uh, has really picked up his production, scoring three goals with three assists while averaging 3.4 shots per game in uh, those seven games since Toffoli was hurt. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, today's practice, he uh, he skated on a line with Kopitar and Jeff Carter. Uh, just him and Carter really have been doing all the damage. So adding a guy like Anze Kopitar in the middle should only help things. Uh, whenever you get rid of Devin Setaguchi and add Anze Kopitar, <laughs> that line becomes infinitely more dangerous. Um, Unless it's in 2008? I don't know. Who that was my guess. I, you, know, you, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? When yeah. Setaguchi. But uh, I'll let you look it up while I continue about Pearson. Um, It's worth (laughs) noting that Pearson's on-ice shooting percentage is just 6.45 as well, so there's still room uh, to grow there. Uh, Obviously, there there should be some better days ahead, uh, especially while playing with Carter and Kopitar. Um, Yeah, this, like, those three players are going to have the puck so much. Um, Yeah. And then it's going to just drop off significantly, probably. I mean, all the other players on the team are also pretty good possession players as well. But, I mean, that line is just going to be uh, dynamic. Always have the puck. Should score a bunch of goals. Um, I did ask people for fantasy hockey questions earlier today. uh, But, unfortunately, I've got places to be because it's Friday night. uh, And I don't have time to get to those fantasy questions. So, uh, when I get back tonight, I will reach out to all of you on Twitter. Uh, but again, I'm Brock Segan with me in Brantford, Dylan D. Berthium, not with us today, unfortunately, will be joining us in our second show of 2017 as Beebs Bondi. Uh, there's not two Dylan D. Berthiums. Just going to say real quick, one, I was right. It was 2008. Two, I was wrong. He only scored 31 goals that year. And that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> right and wrong at the same time. You can't, you know, yeah. You can't be yeah, right. I could have sworn his best year was better than that. 65 points, 31 goals. That's Devin Setaguchi we're talking about. But uh, no, that was his very best. Never came close to putting up the 246 shots he put up in that season yeah. again. Yeah, he just uh, fell face of the earth. Yeah, but back in the NHL. Good for him. Who knew, eh? Going right. to be healthy scratch tomorrow. <laughs> good for him. Good for him. Oh, man. But anyways, again, I'm Brock. <laughs> He's D. See you guys back here probably next Thursday. Uh, we were a little bit late this week. Uh, but hope you guys all had a happy new year. Uh, and a great Christmas break, but we're glad to be back. Hope you guys are happy yeah, to have us back. But uh, we'll see you guys back here next week. Enjoy the booster.
Peace. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.